The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real State investing the your public radio source for the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business and this is our last official program of 2017 uh, although you will hear my voice next week it will be a pre-recorded program because I don't know. It's just when Christmas and New Year both fall on a Sunday, it just seems like God's way of saying, take 10 days off, Vina. So that's what I'm going to do. And uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to go out with a bang this year because um, I've got a guest tonight who uh, you've probably never heard of, but who is going to make you sit down and just completely rewrite your 2017 real estate goals. Sean Schoonover is from Springfield, Missouri. He grew up in a small rural community near Kansas City and took a job out of high school, uh, ended up being the production manager of that plant, and then decided that uh, working for other people was not what he wanted to do. So he opened his first business selling secondary market products to automobile dealerships, then bought and turned around a failing tanning salon, then turned his attention to real estate. And he now, along with partners, owns over 400 properties and has done 800 deals in the past four years. And he is joining us from his home in Springfield to talk about how in the world do you do that? Sean, welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Uh, hello. <laughs> hey, How Sean. Are you doing, Vina? I'm good. Sorry for about a half a second there that we did not have you. And on live radio, <laughs> that's always that's always an adventure. It does it does happen, but um, uh, we don't like it when it does. So glad to hear you there on the other other end of the phone, Sean. Um, okay, so there are so many directions that I that I want to go, and that I know listeners want to go with a guy who has built a really big, small real estate business. I mean, you know, you're not a Wall Street hedge fund. No. You're not trying to buy in every market in the United States. You're not Blackstone no, or Colony, but you're doing okay for being in a town with 400,000 people in it. Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, uh, you know, we love the Midwest. Uh, uh, just like, you know, Ohio, we're our markets are very similar. You know, we didn't uh, we didn't experience those huge crashes that you know the coast did. Yeah, we did go down, but we didn't have those those huge 
um, huge downturns, and of course we didn't have the huge, huge upturns. Um, but uh, it, it's a good market to be in. Uh, the people are they're solid, and, and there's a lot of opportunities. Well, except you guys have bought 800 houses in the last four years in a in, in a metropolitan area of 400,000 people. Uh, how how many Correct. houses are left? Like you you must have bought them all. <laughs> I mean, all the all the distressed no. good deals by now. Well, you know, in the in the real estate, we always you know always say people will talk about well the market changes. What are you going to do if this happens? You know, we're never looking for those people that want to sell. Of course, we're looking for those people, but we're looking for those people that have to sell. And there's things that no matter what are always constant. You're always going to have death, divorce, and relocation. And because of those things, you're always going to have, you know, motivated sellers. And, yeah, you will always be able to find deals on the MLS, which we do as well. Um, but, you know, we do a lot of marketing to, to find those things that are off market. You know, we're looking for those individuals that don't know where to turn, don't know what to do. And so, you, you know, you're, you're trying to make that connection. So they'll reach out. And when they do, you know, they're motivated. And, 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 and even if you can't buy their home, we try to help every person that, that does have a, a touch with us one way or another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going to spend most of this show talking about the thing that I think most listeners are, probably have a tough time getting their brains around, which is how do you do the work I did the, I I did the math and basically you guys buy a house on an average of once a day if you take out the weekends and holidays. And you know for listeners who are out there going, "Man, I have a hard time pulling off one wholesale deal a month because it's so labor intensive." I I think they I think they they need to hear how all of that is organized and staffed and paid for and all of that sort of thing, but before we get to that to that you know, kind of broader picture of the business, just fill us in on what is happening. What, what kind of properties are we talking about? And what is happening to them? So, so, so what are your, what are your exit strategies on these? Okay. So, um, you know, one of our mottos is nothing and everything's always for sale. Um, we, we, we market, uh, many different ways. Um, like I said, MLS is one, but all the different ways, however, they come into the process. Uh, we actually send people out, if it's not an MLS deal, talk to an individual. And once we have them under contract, um, everything's for sale. And the fact, the first the first side is uh, we will throw it out there for wholesale. So besides the other businesses that are associated directly with my real estate, whether it be the property management or all that, I also have a local RIA, uh, which gives us opportunity that other people that are wanting to get involved in real estate, you know, nobody ever can seem to find as many of their own deals as they want to, and they just don't spend the effort to get it. We spend lots of money, we spend lots of time, and we have a machine in place that creates the opportunities. So once we do have them under contract, uh, everything we put under contract, we throw out to, you know, to our buyer's list uh, for like five days, maybe a week to 10 at most. Uh, we throw them out there to everybody. So everything's for sale. If they buy them, great. We made a spread on them. If they don't buy them, then we wholesale them to ourselves. So we wholesale it to another one of our hold companies, and then uh, we will basically use private money to uh, buy, rehab the property, and then at that point we will take it to a local bank, whether it be a single or a package of 10 or 15, and then a bank will do uh, a refinance. 
because it's not a buy. If you're using the bank on the buy, you have to have skin in the game, or if it's refinanced, they'll give you up to 80% of the appraised value. When they do that, we're able to pull the cash back out, pay our private money lenders, and now we have a, a cash flowing asset that we really have no money in. So uh, then we turn that over to our property management company, which tries to specialize if it's a single-family home in these options for all the reasons that I'm sure you've gone over in the past. But at that point, once we have them in inventory and they are cash flowing, we create a history with them. They've already been rehabbed. They're, they're producing. Uh, another thing that we do is we also provide with um, – we have a turnkey company that we provide. Aspire to Own is the name of it, and we use that to – market our properties to sell to investors that are truly wanting to be hands-off. You know, they want a certain cap, you know, they want an 8% cap rate. They don't want to touch the properties. They don't want to see the properties. They just want to know that they have an asset that's going to uh, produce an income for them. And so that's what that does. Since we already have the, the, you know, the relationship with the tenants and the property management company in place, you know, the tenant sees no change at all. Um, Somebody that doesn't really want to have the involvement, but they want all the benefits of owning real estate, then that provides an opportunity for them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, plus we get the income from the property management, you know, and and we also have a real estate company and some vacation rentals. I mean, there's there's so many different avenues that you can you know exit on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as how we manage it, um, you know, truly believe in the Henry Ford theory. Uh, I, I'm not a sole proprietor. When I started doing this business, you know, all the gurus tell you don't uh, don't do the work yourself. Um, you know, your your value is not doing the work. Well, I, I knew how to do the work, so I made all those mistakes that you know they tell you not to do, and and you tell other people not to do, and they do it anyway. Um, and I was flipping houses by myself and doing the work, and you know, taking a lot of time, and not making the money that I could. And through the the RIA, I met a a guy that was coming and and uh, he was a wholesaler and I kind of felt like one and one would make five with us and that first year we partnered we did almost 100 transactions and at the end of that first year uh, we were holding about 30 properties and when we started that year we were just going to wholesale absolutely everything and we ran across the package of 11 houses and we thought oh this is a slam dunk deal you know, we'll be able to, somebody will buy this whole package. And, you know, a lot of people are afraid to buy a bigger package. And we were going to break them up. We tried to sell them as a package. And we ended up, you know, reorganized this thing 10 ways to Tuesday. And and when we still couldn't quite get them sold because people were afraid of them, that's when we kind of came up with the private money and the refinance. And, you know, we ended up at the end of the day, that's still one of our best deals. is one of our first big ones. You know, we ended up like $14,500 per house um, was our was our all-in on these things. And, and to this day, we still own a bunch of them, and they all had tenants in place except for one. And one of them, we ended up doing a trade uh, with the vacant one. So we, it, it was uh, very profitable as far as making it all work. You know, we, we, we try to, uh, like I said, we believe in the Henry Ford theory where I put people that are – around me that are better than than me there's certain things that i'm good at and there's a lot of things that i'm just not and so i tried to build that as teams as people um you know chad which was my first business partner you know we really i mean we took off and at the beginning it was just it was me and him and then it was me and him and a, and a secretary answering the phone calls and 
you know, we were going out on the calls every day and we were doing mailers and all that kind of stuff. And then it was me, him and a couple girls. And then we started doing property management because now we had 30 and, and then it just kind of keep growing. So about two years ago, we actually had a student uh, that was pretty much mimicking exactly the way we were doing it. And, um, in fact, we'd even sold them a lot of their inventory, so we knew the inventory, and they wanted to to buy in, and, and so we basically merged the companies. And uh, last year, we even, you know, we took down some really, some big things, and knowing what I am now, I, I mean, I would second-guess some of that stuff. We made it through it, but, you know, we took down a package of 162 houses at one time through a bank assumption, and and it was big, and it was uh, it was scary, and it was a big interjection. But um, when all said and done, you know, we made that through that, and and I rely on I, this is definitely not something I could do by myself. Um, I rely on a lot of other people, and and uh, you know, we we started out with just having help, but it was very unorganized, and so I, I think probably the biggest change in our business this year was really structuring what everybody's function exactly is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the things that helped us do that was uh, a book called Traction. And it basically talks about an entrepreneurial operating system. And, and by doing that and putting these things in place, and, and, and basically what it is, is it is kind of a format to know where your business is going to be in 10 years five years, three years, and then you're setting goals and making things to um, get to those end goals and breaking it down to the ridiculous, which seems easy, uh, where, you know, you have those 90-day sprints. What do I have to do in the next 90 days to get the things done to eventually get to where I want to be? And and what that, that operating, you know, that the, the entrepreneurial operating system does, but it kind of gave us a format and a structure that makes us accountable, um, makes us produce. And since we've implied that, you know, we are getting, there's stuff that when you start your business, oh, I'll do this someday. I'll get to this. And we never got to it. We'll get to it. You know, we're busy. When you start doing lots of business, there's 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 a million distractions. And, and very much so, just like every other entrepreneur or real estate investor we you know we get that shiny shiny object syndrome where we see a new way to do something and we think oh that's going to be the next biggest thing and so we chase those you know we chase those gooses too and what that did was it kind of made us fine-tune and hone and and i would say we get more done in a month as far as improvements and reorganization and and structure than what we did the whole time before. And, and it's just about accountability and delegation. And that is exactly what I want to spend the rest of the program talking about. However, we do need to take a uh, quick break. I want to invite listeners to give us a call with any questions you, you might have from uh, for Sean, who I think, you know, even the first 15 minutes of the show, you figured out this is a guy who knows what's up, and this is a guy who, if you are looking to build a big business, you need to talk to. 877-772-9658 is the number to call. You can also go to our website at realliferealestate.com. Click the tab that says Ask a Question. Hit the Send button after you've typed the question, and we'll get it here via email. We will be back right after this. 
Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Talking today to Sean Schoonover from Springfield, Missouri. This guy has bought 800 properties in the last four years. He still owns 400 of them and the rest have gone away as wholesale deals, turnkey rentals, all sorts of things, lease options. And we're not here to talk about those strategies because if you listen to our podcast at realliferealestate.com, every single one of those strategies is covered sometime in the last 12 months. Like you want to know what a turnkey rental is, we've covered it. You want to know how to do a lease option, we've covered it. What we haven't covered is how do you manage a business that is buying and selling not a property a week, but a property a day, basically. And um, that is what... Uh, Sean is here to address. He is also here to answer your questions at 877-772-9658 or via email, which is something that you do by going to uh, com and filling out the form there. I've already received one question from... Uh, Who's this from? Victor. Victor in uh, Columbus saying, what was that book Sean mentioned? It is called Traction. (laughs) The author is Gino Wickman. It is available at Amazon.com. You can uh, actually make a little tiny contribution to public radio here at WMKV by uh, going to WMKVFM.org and there's a little Amazon button up in the upper right hand corner and if you click on that it takes you straight to Amazon you order like you always do but because you came through the station's website and it's a non-profit I don't know you guys probably get what 14 cents if they buy a book but but if there's if there's lots of 14 cents then Mike might get to take next Wednesday off instead of having to come here and click the record button or click the uh, click the play button. He says no. <laughs> says, There's not enough 14 senses in the whole world. <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, Sean. Um, so you mentioned you mentioned before the break that uh, you are not doing this alone, and not alone is a mixture of partners and. Uh, team members. So those would be employees, contractors. I'm sure there's some virtual assistants mixed in there somewhere too, which we will get to. Let's start with the partnership thing. Uh, you mentioned that you, you met your partner at, at RIA, uh, your local RIA, which, which by the way is huge for the size of the city. It's like uh, 600 people, 600 members of yeah. of that group out there. That's, that's very impressive. And uh, kind of decided that you were a good fit, and you teamed up together. Tell tell me what the tell me what the structure of that looks like in terms of do y'all own an LLC or multiple LLCs or uh, like how how did you hammer this down? Because frankly, uh, I've had a lot of partnerships that have gone horribly wrong <laughs> over the years, <laughs> leaving me leaving me leaving me saying, oh my gosh, I, ri- I wish I'd uh, had a better, you know, agreement written down before we started all of this. Uh, always. I mean, um, you know, as my father always used to say, it's easy to get into business, but it's hard to get out, mm-hmm. especially <laughs> with, with partners. And, you know, uh, my, my folks owned a brokerage in Kansas City, and they always owned, you know, 30 rentals or whatever. And, you know, by the way, they did it compared to the way I do it. 
today is completely different. Not that anything was wrong with the way they did it. It's just it's just a, a different time and everything's just done differently. Um, as far as the partnerships, um, we started with uh, just a, a single LLC and one LLC ended up owning another. As far as we keep an LLC that um, is basically the acquisition side. The acquisition side is the one that puts everything under contract and they own nothing. Um, you know, they're the ones that are basically handling a lot of the transactions. Uh, none of us on the acquisition side are real estate agents, so, nor do we want to be. Uh, so we're not licensed. So I know in Ohio, I know you've run into a lot of things with wholesaling and this and that, but when it's under contract, you've got that, you know, you've got some, you know, you've got some, some interest, some financial interest in it. Once you put, you know, money in escrow, you've got financial interest and able to do all those things. Um, we have different LLCs that hold, and you know, and a lot of people say, well, how much is too much? How much is not enough? It's, you know, when it comes to the LLC, it's what are you willing to risk? Uh, what are you willing to risk to lose? Is how much you have per LLC because anything potentially in one LLC could be lost at any one time. So if you have, if that's three houses, if that's 300, whatever it is, um, you know, as long as you've diversified that to where your, your, your comfort level, um, then, you know, you know, we have different holding companies that are each their own LLC. And then, um, our property management company is its own LLC. Um, our, our turnkey company acts as an advertising funnel or marketing funnel, for the real estate that we already own. So even though it's owned in the different LLCs, um, basically we created another LLC just to market and, and, and basically be able to sell off those properties as well. Um, uh, the RIA is its own LLC, obviously, and that's got a different partner. As far as the partnerships, uh, in almost all the, par- in all the LLCs, uh, primarily it's, uh, there's three main partners, uh, myself, Sean, uh, Chad Mellentine, and uh, Brian Powers. Uh, Chad has a, uh, he was a banker for 16 years, so he has uh, a financial background. Um, he handles all the banking relationships uh, with, you know, as we're using banks to cash things back out. He um, also is our, our CFO. You know, he keeps track of the money. This is where we're at. This is what we're spending, you know. He's in charge of all that, and, and he speaks the lingo with the bankers. You know, we know what kind of coverage everybody's looking for, and and he also um, he also kind of helps with the people that are wanting to buy turnkey stuff because uh, he a lot of times will esta- help them establish relationships with the bank so that you know, they can use a, a, some of their own money, some of the bank money, local banks, whatever, too, because most of those investors are from out of state, and so. If they want to use one of their banks, that's fine. If they want to use a local bank here, um, we try to help them with that side as well. And then the third partner, uh, Brian Powers, uh, he came from the McDonald's world. His family owned four McDonald's here locally and uh, just tired of those kind of returns and dealing with, you know, corporate America. Uh, you can do this. You can't do that. You have to do this. And, you know, uh, he was in the next gen pr- uh, program and and just tired of it. Uh, his family was frustrated and and mom was ready to retire and they they sold theirs and he was uh, you know uh, learning from us as among others and and uh, was doing things exactly the way we had taught him, which was mimicking our business and 
basically decided to merge the companies. His role in the company is uh, he's the operations guy. So, um, you know, he kind of oversees the different departments as far as uh, property management. You know, when they have their meetings, they all report to him and he reports back to us. And um, he also, you know, will talk with, um, you know, like our, not our field managers, but our um, project managers that are kind of overseeing construction and, and Chad does it as well because of the, of the money aspect of it. And then as far as my role, um, I, I'm kind of the visionary, uh, which means uh, I'm the salesman. I'm the guy with the muscle on the shirt. I'm the guy that runs every different direction and nowhere at the same time. Um, so I need them to kind of keep me focused and lined up. But I still, I'm still the primary guy that goes out uh, on the appointments. Every time there's an appointment with a house, I'm still the guy that goes out and negotiates it because that's, you know, one of the particular skills that I'm good at. Um, and I haven't found, and I haven't just, I haven't, I haven't given up that control on that aspect like I should, like I have everything else. We have another minority partner that is a partner with us in the property management company. It's the three of us and him. And the reason we do give some of that stuff away is they have vested interest and they run that company like their own. Um, they're not just a regular employee. Uh, the real estate company we own, um, you know, never serve brokers or agents. And, and mostly that's out of convenience. Um, so it's not like that's a huge moneymaker. It's just a, another avenue for us to have access to stuff and also be able to sell some of our own stuff off as well. And like I said, it's not, it, we just look at that as a convenience more than anything else. Um, the acquisition side, we've got, uh, you know, myself, and of course, Chad oversees the money being spent on all the different advertising. But then we've got a couple, we've got a, we've got a super strong staff and, and uh, smart and, and super sweet and funny and responsible because, you know, they're the ones, you know, that set the appointments. They're the ones that have the contact with the individuals. So when somebody has seen one of our marketing pieces and they call in, it actually goes through a, a phone service. Um, so we have a, an off-site phone service that, that, that takes the call, goes down through the script, and then it all gets put into a CRM. And then, and then that's once it's in the CRM, they also uh, an email sent to, you know, the two girls that run the acquisition side, and then they go in and look and assess and get, uh, you know, whatever information that we might need, and set the appointments. And then they once the appointments set, uh, we go out and set the appointments, put them under contract. Once they're under contract, uh, and we've grown so fast that we're actually putting more people on that side as well as we're actually getting ready to expand another market. And, and you know, we sent. 20,000 mailers out uh, this month, and uh, I think we've gotten 250 calls in the last week, mm-hmm. if not more. So, um, you know, we're, we're actually going to have to put some more people in on that side because it's growing so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, property management side, there's, um, you know, Zach uh, Lawson runs that department, um, and then there's um, somebody that handles all the maintenance or somebody that handles all the back end. We have a receptionist that handles people coming in and making, you know, making their, their rents and uh, a couple showing people. Um, and uh, then we have a couple accounting people just kind of tracking down all the, all that side. And then the real estate side, there's, I don't know, four or five agents over there as well. Um, and uh, that's kind of, 
Yeah, I think there's a total, of, I don't know, 14, 16 people um, total, somewhere in there. Oh, boy. Um, that's, 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 that's <laughs> a lot of people. Um, and <laughs> let me, let me, we'll, we'll talk, we'll, we'll come back and talk about how those people are organized uh, here in a second. But um, one more, one more question about the partnership thing. Um, sure. I assume you have strong buy-sell agreements with these folks so that if the if anybody gets unhappy, somebody can go away and get paid for that. Okay. And also, um, uh, gosh, there was so much there. I, I, I had another question. Oh, um, are <laughs> your, you, you mentioned in one of your businesses you have a minority partner. Uh, are the other ones pretty much, you know, even Stephen? Are they are they thirty three, thirty three, thirty three? When you have three partners? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, we did. Yeah. Okay. We just we we do it even across the board, and and uh, you know it's uh, you know I think as you get older, when you're young, you 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 let your ego get in the way of well of everything, and as I think you get older and you get smarter. Um, you can laugh all the way to the bank, you know, and, and you sit that you set that aside and you do what needs to be done. You know, any partner, if we needed to grab a brush to clean a toilet or, you know, <laughs> we had some, so, I mean, whatever needs to get done, none of us are too big for our britches that we can't do anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. um, do we do much of that anymore? No. Um, but, if we have to, we will. It can be it. it can be a tough discipline for an entrepreneur to remember not to pick up the toilet bowl brush. To to remember that yeah. there are people whose job <laughs> that is, and and, right. and and even though yeah, it would only take you five minutes to do it, and it's going to take you five minutes to tell someone else to do it. It's right. still better to tell someone else to do it so that they can do it next time, right? That's the the repeatedly. Yes, you that's the more. that is the the challenge of of trying to grow into a business because as you, as you're talking about this, um, you know, my father was also in the real estate business like your parents were, and you said that that you don't run your business the way they ran their business, and and I'm kind Correct. of in the same boat. Um, you know, my my dad was a very hands on mom and pop type landlord. I mean, he would he would rather go to his apartment building at midnight in the rain, you know, to, because there was a plumbing leak, than than pay a plumber twenty dollars to go tell him what was wrong. Right. right. He, he, I he, need that plumber. Yeah. He would. <laughs> yeah, he would and, and, and yeah. And if he could fix it himself, he would be waiting in line at at the hardware store in the morning to get the part. Right. Sure. And he was he was the millionaire. But but he was also he also, you know, I mean, part of that part of that is that that kind of mom and pop landlord mentality where I'm just going to cut corners wherever I can and save as much money as I can and save my way to being rich. Sure. Um, and and part of it was, you know, just that's how a lot of entrepreneurs are. If I can do it, I should do it. Right. Right. So um, yep. he was every bit as smart as you and I um, or or more right. so. But he just never got that thing that you just mentioned about having people who are better than you at things do those things and paying them for it so that you can focus on the top line as opposed to always worrying about, you know, am I paying a plumber 25 bucks or am I, 
you know, and I should say we're talking about 1970s dollars here because you definitely could sure. not get a plumber to go look at anything sure. for 25 no. bucks anymore. But but no. you but you but you understand you understand what I'm saying, and it's a it's a it's Absolutely. a really different. Uh, mindset and that is really it's 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 more the entrepreneurial mindset that people need to be studying if they want to grow than how to be better real estate investors because there, there's a point at which you are the best real estate investor you can possibly be and you can't do any more deals because you don't have any more time or energy correct as a business owner real estate or anything else because i've had several others you know your job your responsibility as the, as the owner is really to be working on the business, not in the business. Do I follow that 100%? No, I haven't. I mean, I'm guilty just as everybody else. I feel like I do certain things better than others. But your responsibility is to be working on the business, not in the business. Does that ever start that way? No, it's not. You know, another book that really will get you, you know, the best business book out there is an old book. It's The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an old one. It's a simple, quick read, um, and it's basically about putting systems in play. You know, are you, are you the owner, or have you created a job for yourself? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, getting those people to, you know, putting those right people in the right seats on the bus, that's, that's what you, you look to do. And as a business owner, your other job is income. Everything that you should be doing should be producing income for the company. Your employees are trying to save you money, but you, and also make you money, for sure. Um, but your job is, everything you should be doing should be income producing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very true. And we need to take another quick break, after which we are going to answer some questions that have come in from our website at realliferealestate.com. We will also take calls from you, listeners. I, I mean, I, I really hope, listeners, that this is sinking in, even if you are just beginning. Even if you're saying to yourself, well, 200 deals a year, I haven't done two deals yet, you know, maybe I'll file this for later. You know, if you can, if you can have the I'm building a business thought in your mind all the time while you're starting, you, you, you just you end up years ahead of the folks who wait until they are completely out of time and energy to do any more deals before they start to build the business. Uh, 877-772-9658 or go to realliferealestate.com. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to Sean Schoonover about his multi, multi-company, multi-partner, multi-employee business that buys fixes, sells, holds, lease options, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, properties. And more importantly, how he manages all of that. Now, Sean, I have had a couple of emails come in uh, via our website at realliferealestate.com. This question is from uh, JC in Las Vegas. He says, ask Sean how his company decides when to outsource a particular business process versus create new systems and do it in-house. So um, that, that, you know, he, he, JC has a way of putting things in sort of a complex way. So let me, let me give maybe an example of that. How would you decide to hire a company that did web and social media stuff as opposed to hire a web and social media person in your company and create systems 
for them to run? Um, I would say based on demand, um, we everything's by referral. You know, um, we certain things we have tried to use some VAs, and I think VAs are a great thing for some medial task. The problem that we had with that was we weren't good, and I guess we do use a VA service as far as, as the calls coming in, but as far as VAs to do, some of the other things, we didn't do a good job as far as setting up what, they're, what they were supposed to do exactly. Um, and as you get busier, and you know, when you're slower, you have people doing multiple tasks. The busier you get, the number of tasks that those people do is, you know, not by number, but by difference, it shrinks because there's so much that needs to be done. You know, those people that are, are very good at those things, you know, using personality tests such as discs and those kind of things, you're, you're trying to make sure you put the right people in, in, in the right spots. You know, um, finding that, 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 that handoff person for, for you know, uh, our personal assistant we have, Underneath the three of us, we have a personal assistant that, you know, she's really our boss. I mean, she's the one that says, hey, you guys need this, you need that, I need this from you. And, and you know, and, and we say, hey, we need this. We don't tell her how to do it. She figures it out or she delegates to somebody else that can. Uh, so that's been strong. Um, as far as systems and stuff, it's it's. It's trial by fire. I mean, um, are you doing it? Is it something that's going to produce you money? And if it is, you know, what's the easiest, quickest way to do it? Um, You know, I think a lot of times people are too afraid to grow. It's an expenditure and and it's an investment. And you've got people's lives on the line. So you want to put, you know, you're busy and you can't get everything done. And so you try to do it all yourself, but realistically, you need to be putting somebody in that position so that you can get other things done. And yes, it's an expense to put that person on, but by putting that expense on, are you able to make more money? Are you able to get more done? And and that's the bottom line. So um, there's not an exact answer. (laughs) That was kind of a salesy answer. I kind of danced (laughs) around it, but, you know, there. You just kind of, are you going to make mistakes? Absolutely. But when you do, don't let them go on. Um, You know, because even though if somebody's not the right fit, keeping them in that spot, you're not doing them a favor. Nobody wants to fire anybody, but it's a necessary part of the process because when somebody's not in the right position, um, not only are you not happy with their performance, they're not happy. They're not happy, and if they're not happy, um, they're not, you know, they're they're going to affect other people in the organization. Um, you know, everybody. Not only do we look for the production of the people that come on team with us, uh, we're looking that they have the same vision. They have that they're a team player, that they're upbeat and they're motivated, and that they fit in. You know, um, if I've had businesses in the past where. I had, you know, I had one or two bad apples, and it was going to be effort for me to address that, and I didn't. And as a result, uh, you, by not doing that, I had to go in and fire the whole thing, the whole crew, except for maybe one, 
And, and that's, you know, talk about being uncomfortable. That stinks. Well, whose fault is it? That's my fault because I didn't address it earlier. So mm-hmm. it's getting the right, you know, getting the right people. And when they're not, don't prolong it. You know, chop off the pain. Cut off the wart. Uh, get it off. Let it heal and get somebody in there that can. Because it's not just about the business in, in general. Like I said, it's the individual. You're hurting them, too. And even though it hurts to fire somebody, you're doing them a favor. And that may sound cold, um, but once you've done it enough times that, and you see the results of not only, you know, the businessmen, but you talk to that individual later, and they say, "Yeah, that sucked, but thank you." And then you're you're going to have those other people that are just dirtbags, and you know they do things unethically, or um, you know they're with them. Uh, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking for team players. If you're looking out for just yourself. Because I guarantee you every owner here is not just looking out for ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're not only, you know, we're investing time, we're investing money, we're investing, you know, we're giving a lot away to make sure that this business is not, we're not in this for one deal. We're in this for at least the next thousand, if not more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we're trying to build a legacy here. Mm-hmm. And it's not even about the bottom numbers. It's about, you know, it's it's about the climb. It's about the goal. And, and now it's about the lifestyle as well as, you know, we've worked our tail off and probably harder than we should have. And so now it's about creating that time for family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I have another question here from Isaac from North Carolina. And this is this is um, this is an interesting and sort of forward thinking one. Uh, he says, what is Sean's long term uh, positioning here is does he have an exit strategy to keep the business, sell all or part of it, or get acquired or go public. Hmm. That's that's okay. thinking you don't often hear from a <laughs> from a real estate investor, huh? Uh, public? Uh, not really. Um, we are really trying to systemize um, big time. We've got some of the big we've got some big announcements that will be coming out this year about some of the key players in the business. Um, it'll be exciting. Um, we are trying to duplicate ourselves. When you're in business, you should always be trying to find a way to fire yourself. Fire yourself from doing medial tasks. Fire yourself from doing the managerial tasks. Fire yourself from doing eventually the executive tasks. You know, at some point, you know, when we can fully replace ourselves and we have those people, as they move up through the ranks, um, you know, we become the board. Uh, We've created a machine of, uh, you know, a process, a system of houses coming in. Um, do we always want to be just in single-family houses? I mean, we do some some commercial. You know, uh, doing single-family houses is really no different than doing big apartment complexes. But it's scary. It's it's a bigger risk. When reality, it's the same thing. It's just another zero. It's just another zero. So, you know, we've got this machine in place. We do that. We just kind of keep expanding, and uh, you know, do more of the bigger deals. Uh, as well, um, as far as uh, the, the end in sight, if you know, if, if somebody, nothing, just like every house, <laughs> nothing and everything's always for sale. Um, could it? Could we sell it? Absolutely. Do I see that happening? No. I mean, but in realist, the real answer is that someday, you know, uh, whether it be small chunks or the whole thing, I mean, changes. 
you know, inevitable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no, no sort of definite plan there one way or another. Uh, just it's pro- pro- the going public is probably not in your future. <laughs> going public is probably not in the future. You know, as far as if, uh, if a hedge fund was to come in and buy, you know, we have right now we're actually down to about 350 internal properties. If somebody was to come in and buy all those, I can replace them. Um, you know, selling the, the, the turnkey is we haven't really even really tried to turn that on, but yet it's, it's taken off just because of the kind of product that we produce. And so we know a small market, you know, that we're in, we're only going to have, I mean, we're the gorilla in this market for sure, but we're only going to have so much inventory in this market that we can buy. So as a result, you know, we're dipping into the next, you know, the next market, which is Tulsa for us. You know, it's two and a half hours away from us. Um, it's a nice market. It's a similar market. It's a much bigger market. Now, we're not going to start turnkey and we're not going to start holding there right away. You know, we're kind of getting our feet wet. We'll do, get our feet wet with the wholesaling first. And then eventually that will be the next avenue to give us the inventory that we know that we're going to need um, to produce the kind of, of numbers and the demand that's going to be coming our way. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last question here from the listeners. And uh, we, by the way, only have about two minutes left in the program, Sean. Um, okay. <laughs> this is from RK, doesn't say where he or she is from, uh, says, uh, if and when restarting your business, in addition to reading and following Emith and using one's best instincts for character, how would you go about evaluating potential employees for their respective roles? I would take, uh, I would take profile. I would do, um, I would use profiles as far as, uh, personality tests, um, you know, there's a lot of different ones out there. Discs, uh, the disc test is one we use. Uh, I know that uh, I'm working with um, a group of investors that uh, are actually working on getting a system together uh, eventually of, um, you know, what that exactly looks like, that what that personality test need, that results needs to look like for somebody to be that good person for, you know, your acquisitions team, your buyer what that person needs to look like for, you know, your phone person. Um, I mean, you kind of know, and, and it tells you those kind of things. But we're, 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 you know, trying to work with other investors around the country to kind of, that are doing all, I mean, we're not, this is not a completely unique uh, business, guys. This is, you know, this is done all over the country by lots of people. And, and there's a lot of people that are a big scale, much bigger scale than even we are, um, much bigger. And so, you know, there's enough business out here for all of us. When we clam up and try to keep everything to ourselves, we shrivel up and die. But when we are open to harm, uh, and I do, and I mean, we teach everything that we do in our market. And people say, well, why would you do that to, you know, you're teaching your competitors? Well, yes and no. We, there's enough out here for all of us. We work together. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it's a way that I can give back as well. And the world appreciates it, Sean. Um, we are out of time. Uh, I, I'm going to have you back because I just feel like we've only scratched the surface here. I, you know, I'd like to know what your organizational chart looks like. I'd like to know what you're paying these people in these positions. It's just, you know, it's not not often that uh, I or the listeners here at Real Life Real Estate Investing 
uh, get to talk to somebody who's actually running a business of your size who isn't also trying to sell us a course. So that's uh, <laughs> absolutely awesome. We're definitely going to do this again in 2017. Appreciate your time. And uh, we will be back next year with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.